Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Taking a Walk podcast, where your host, Buzz Knight, talks with musicians and industry insiders about music. If you like this or other episodes, please share with a friend. Buzz Knight talks with Hall of Famers, and he talks with new rising stars. And on this episode, he talks with a salt-of-the-earth new country artist on big machine label group, Shane Prophet. In 2022, Shane was mowing lawns in the town he lived in outside of Nashville, And now he's touring, writing material, and releasing new music. Let's join Buzz as he visits with Shane Prophet next on Taking a Walk. Well, it's so good to be uh, inside the hallowed halls of uh, the big machine label group. (laughs) A place I love, very cool hangout, and uh, I'm meeting up for the first time. With Shane Prophet. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm excited. Smokes, this is great. Hey, thank you for having me. You are on quite a little ride. I am. Young lad. Yes, sir. It's a roller coaster ride, to say the least. I'm blessed enough to have a front row front row seat on it. So, how are you feeling about it all? It's happened pretty quickly for you. Oh, it's happened real quick. I'm like a kid in a candy shop, though. I'm uh, I'm having a blast with it. It's a lot of fun. So let's see. Sometime in uh, 2022, legend has it, you were uh, you were working for the city that you uh, you hail from, and yes, sir, Tennessee. Working, yes, sir. Working, doing what? So I was I was uh, I was working. I was the guy that cut the grass in the medians of the road in Columbia, Tennessee, just south of here, um, and I was making. Like eleven and a half dollars an hour, I was not making hardly any money at all. But um, I, 
that's what I did right out of high school, and I just kind of stuck with it until uh, until this came about. But it didn't just happen. I mean, you sort of had a light bulb go off, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was, the whole time I was working for the city, I was also kind of writing and playing as many little bar gigs as people would have me. And uh, nowhere in my hometown at all sells guitar strings. So anytime I need anything to do with music, I have to drive 45 minutes north towards Nashville. That's the closest guitar center to where I live. And <clears throat> I, I was trying to be slick. I, was tr- I, I wasn't dating this girl. We were at the talking phase, as people call it now. <laughs> and we were talking, quote-unquote. And uh, I was trying to be slick and kill two birds with one stone and make a date out of going to get guitar strings. So I called up this girl. I asked her if she wanted to ride with me to Guitar Center. I told her I'd take her out to eat. She agreed to it, and we made that 45-minute ride to Guitar Center. I go in, I get my strings, I come back out, and I hopped in the truck and asked her what she wanted to eat. She thought for a second. She said, you know, Shane, I really like sushi. And I was like, oh, my goodness, no, please, no. The thought of sushi just turns my stomach, right? <laughs> but I wasn't going to be like, no, let's just go to, let's go to, you know, get a cheeseburger instead. I wasn't going to say that. So I punched in sushi near me on my iPhone. And we go to the closest sushi restaurant to that guitar center. And we go to walk in. And Chris Jansen holds the door for me when we went to walk in. Now, here's the deal about that. I'd been to seven concerts my whole life. And to see Chris was five of those seven. So I immediately knew who it was. I was immediately nervous. And anyways, they seat us, and I decide while we're sitting there eating that I'm going to go up and introduce myself and tell them that I write songs. So I ended up going up to him, introducing myself, telling him what a fan I was, and that I wrote songs, and that it would mean the world to me if he would listen to some of the music I'd been writing. Well, his wife was sitting right beside him. She spoke up. And she goes, hey, I'm Kelly, I'm Chris's wife, I'm also his manager, and I'm also a music publisher. Is that a receipt you're holding in your hand? I'll write my email down on it, and you can send us some songs. I said, yes, ma'am, that'd be great, thank you. And Chris immediately looked up at me, and he said, you just say yes, ma'am? And I said, yes, sir. He said, I like that. Pull up a chair and talk to me. So I did. And we sat there for over an hour, and we talked about anything you could imagine, from hunting and fishing to writing songs to you know, God and going to church and just anything you could imagine. We talked about it literally. And as soon as I got up and I went out to my truck, I sent some songs to that email that his wife had given me. And at the bottom of it, I said, if you ever need anything, give me a call. And I wrote my phone number down. Fast forward two weeks later, it was a Tuesday morning. I was weed eating in the median of the road. I felt my phone ringing in my pocket. I pulled it out and I looked at the caller ID and it said Chris Jansen. I answered it. I said, hello. He goes, what are you doing, Shane? I said, well, it's a Tuesday morning like most people. I'm at work. What are you doing, man? He goes, well, he said, uh, I want you to go put your two-week notice in and come out on tour with me. 
that's literally how it started. Wow. That is how it started. And so I went and put my two-week notice in, and he offered me a publishing deal, too, which means you get to write songs, you know, for other artists for a living. And uh, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about a record deal at the time because I was just so, you know, I was a kid in a candy shop, just so happy to even be in the music scene at all you know whether it be singing the songs myself or writing them for other people to sing and so anyways we went out on tour and that tour i i was opening up for him um i was playing those shows just me and my guitar and i was playing a lot of a lot of the songs i'd written and i saw people were like man you know that song you wrote and played tonight was great so i just kind of kept on doing that and Fast forward towards the end of the tour, uh, he set up a meeting here at Big Machine with Scott Borchetta and Jimmy Harnon. I've heard of this guy. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Most people have. Um, but no, so uh, we had a meeting with them on a Wednesday, and the next day we were playing a sold-out show at the Ryman Auditorium right down the road here. I've heard of that place. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. And uh, Scott asked if we had a couple comp tickets to spare because he would like to come. And I oh had, no, Scott! I don't yeah, think we have. I don't any. think we can do that. Well, and you know what's weird is what's crazy to me is how can Scott Borchetta not just walk into the Ryman and they'd be like, "Here's our front row seat," you know? Right. But anyway, so I had four comp tickets to that show. I gave one to my mom one to my dad and two to Scott Borchetta and so I didn't tell my parents that I was even meeting with a record label because I didn't want them to get their hopes up and then get let down you know so mom had no idea that she was sitting there crying on Scott Borchetta's shoulder the whole time I'm playing I look out in the crowd I see Scott Borchetta in one seat and my mom sitting right next to him wiping the mascara off of her eyes right <laughs> so anyways after the after the Ryman Auditorium show um, I I got two standing ovations that night opening up for Chris just me and my guitar and as soon as I got off stage I see Scott Borchetta walking backstage and I, I take my guitar off, and I'm sitting there cooling off. And Scott walks up to me. He sticks his hand out, and he says, Welcome to the Machine Team. Wow. And that's exactly how it happened. That's incredible. Yes, sir. Holy it's a Cinderella son. story. It's it really wonderful. is. Did you look around and go, Am I being punked here or yeah, something? Is this I, candid camera? Yeah, I mean, I, was, I, I didn't want to be like, Scott, can you just pinch me real quick? You know, so... No, but it... Honestly, it, it really is. It's a Cinderella story it, that on how everything kind of took place. And I would say within three weeks. So that was on that was on a that was on a Thursday. We went in for the original meeting on a Wednesday. The next day, like I said, was the Ryman. The next night we were in Kentucky, and the next day we were somewhere else. And then we were coming back home on Sunday, and Monday morning. I came in and I signed the contract and within three weeks we were in a studio recording an album those gentlemen move fast they sure do they sure do they they move fast and uh, 
you know, I'm just, I'm super, super blessed to be around a team like them where they believe in me and I, I trust them. And um, it's just, you know, you, you hear, you might hear a couple horror stories, you know, in Nashville, on, you know, maybe the record label or something, or, you know, just, you just hear bad stuff in general sometimes. But, man, I got to say, I, I would do anything for these guys and they do anything for me. And I'm just, I'm really fortunate to have a team like that. Well, they do have an impeccable relationship. They do. With the industry, with the artists, and a respected relationship. And for a new artist, mm -hmm. I think you, you know, you're in tremendous hands, certainly. Well, I mean, just like the other day, I just had, I had a simple question and I was texting Scott. And he said, man, just call me. And so I did. Like, there, I, I, don't know, I don't know any other record label where you could just call the label president and founder and ask him a simple question. And Scott, I mean, he, I don't know. I don't think that man sleeps at all uh, from what I've been told. But, you know, I, I've been told he'll be sending emails at 3 a.m. And I'm like, man, when do you sleep? You know, you're, you're not human. <laughs> but he's... Uh, the, the the thing about you know Scott and Jimmy both and everybody here at the label, they don't hold themselves at a higher standard than anybody. They'll they'll do, you know, from what I've seen, they'll do what what they ask people to do, um, and that's just I think that speaks volumes for everybody here and everybody everybody that I worked with even before uh, I was signed and I was still writing you know for other artists, um, everybody speaks highly of everybody here so it's great who were some of the other artists that you had uh, written for uh, well so i've i've got i've got some songs um that are kind of on hold right now for other artists but i've i have written i've got some chris jansen cuts so far so hopefully i can keep those racked up and keep on racking other artists too you know just grow that grow that resume and what's your favorite part of the writing process I would say my favorite part of the writing process would be obviously the writing process in itself is just a lot of fun, but after the song is written and demoed and everything, I absolutely love, because I live about an hour away from here, so after we write it and get a rough demo and everything, I'll get whoever the track guy is to send it to me and I'll listen to it the whole way home and I'll come up with ideas Hey, well, let's let's try this instead of this, and then I'll get them to make those you know quick changes if if they're still there, and uh, that that's probably my favorite part because I'll spend an hour listening to the same song just over and over and over and trying to perfect it in any way that I can. Is there a part of the writing process that you don't like? <sighs> there is. Uh, I would say tossing around the ideas because. You have to be in, I guess, a certain mentality. And if, you know, if you're tossing around these ideas and one person might, they might have broke up with their girlfriend right before this right. And this other person, he's ready for Friday because he's ready to drink a 12-pack of beer. So you're trying to find the common ground there, trying to come up with the best idea for everybody. And when you get stalled at all in the writing process, how do you break out of being stalled? 
go get a Slim Jim. <laughs> that's my, that's my, uh, that's kind of my, my secret. I'll go get a Slim Jim or a pack of goldfish or a Rice Krispie and I'll sit there and snack and, uh, you know, obviously somebody has to, well, everybody has to take, take a leak and relieve themselves. And I've had several ideas where I'll be standing there at the urinal and something will hit me and I'll cut it off and I'll zip up my pants. Hey, let's try this. And then I'll go back in there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's several, several things you can do when you get stumped. Everybody's different. That's what's so cool about songwriting is one thing might not work for the next person, you know, but you just, you find what works for you. Some people like to take a walk to break out of their little uh, creative uh, slump. They sure do. You want to do that? Let's do it. We're not in a slump, though. We're not in a slump. We're We're not in a slump. Yeah, we're we're grooving. We're in a groove. All right, we'll take a walk and talk some more. Sweet. So we're taking a saunter now in the uh, music, what do we call this? Music 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 row. row. Yeah. Music row. What, What does it make you feel like when you're just in this area, no less in this building. Uh, does that really well just uh, put it all in perspective? So I literally wrote a song about half a block away a couple hours ago. You did? I did. And so chances are most of these songs that you hear on radio are probably written on this road somewhere. That's right. So it's it's a it's really cool getting to kind of getting to kind of see where where everything happens kind of behind the scenes there's so much here that's i don't know the vibe the history the inspiration oh yeah so do you remember the first uh songs that you heard on the radio that connected with you you know what's crazy is whenever i was growing up i was born in 2000 so whenever I was growing up, Dirk Bentley was popping off really strong on the radio. Uh, Tim McGraw was on the radio real heavy. And, you know, it's just... I would say that there's not just one specific song that really sticks out more so than artists. There's, there's a lot of artists that stick out. Whether it be... Well, and see, here's another thing, though. My mom is like a walking jukebox, right? So I grew up listening to Merle Haggard. I grew up listening to Waylon, uh, Willie, Mer- you know Merle, and just Hank Jr. Hank Jr. is a big one. Conway Twitty. Uh, there's there's all kinds of people. My mom, I can still remember her standing in the kitchen frying chicken whenever a Bluetooth speaker had just came out, and she went and bought you know a Bluetooth speaker for the first time. And she was sitting there listening to Gretchen Wilson on that Bluetooth speaker. You could just still picture I, it. I remember that. Yeah. But you, I watched some of your uh, TikTok stuff, which we'll come back to a little bit more. You clearly have an appreciation for, you know, different eras, different styles Absolutely. of music. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm, I'm almost a believer in there's different genres inside of country music. There's new country. There's that old school sounding country. You know, there's the pop country. And uh, there, I, I feel like every kind of music has paved the way to what it is now. Um, you know, some people might not like that pop sounding music, country, you know, music. Some people might not like the old school sound of music. And so in my music, I try to get a little bit for everybody. 
in, in, in anything that I do. So let's walk through some of the songs. Walk through. You get that? Oh, yeah. Let's walk through. Let's walk through. Let's walk through some of the songs that'll be, these are out, but will be yep. part of the forthcoming release. Absolutely. All right. So tell me, uh, cut one that you recorded. Uh, how It Ought to Be. Yeah. Uh, single. Yeah. Uh, so How It Ought to Be. I love that song. I'm a, well, thank you. Uh, I'm a firm believer that there's a difference in a house and a home. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, my mom and dad raised me to where we sat down at the supper table every night and they felt like that was really important. We sit down, we're a normal family every night for supper. And I feel like if everybody in today's world had a little bit more of that family life, this world wouldn't be so crazy. And in the course it says, the world ought to try a piece of mama's chicken and feel the love around her tabletop in the kitchen. I'm not trying to preach at anybody, but I think everybody can agree, you know, hey, that personally for me, that's one of my favorite memories growing up was having those, you know, family dinners and just being a normal, normal family. Just simple. Simple. That's it. Just simple. Not complicated. Real. Mm-hmm. And with good chicken at that, huh? I didn't get this big from not eating good food. <laughs> what did your dad do for a living, or does he do for a living? Yeah, so my dad, uh, actually, he's in the HVAC business. So, um, you know, we always had cold air growing up, <laughs> thankfully. Um, but... Even whenever I was uh, fresh out of high school, I was helping him on top of working for the city. Uh, I was getting in crawl spaces and getting in attics and helping him change out units and do anything that I could do to help him. Let's talk about some of the other songs that you've uh, you've released as part of the the, the full release. Yep. Uh, what's another of your favorites? I know you love them all. They're all, they're probably all like uh, your favorite, you know. Favorites, favorite kid, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. That That's actually what I was about to say. When you're growing up, if you have siblings, chances are you you ask your parents who the favorite child is, right? And it's like, now I kind of know what my parents mean when they say, I don't have a favorite. I love them all the same. But I, w- I would say next on the list would probably be Better Off Fishing. That, that would be a, that would be another one. And that song, it actually, it came from a very real place. Uh, I was dating this girl, and she actually ended up breaking up with me one day because I decided to go fishing instead of hanging out with her. And that's literally how it happened. I, we ended up breaking up, and I remember... What's funny is my mom was, my mama didn't much care for the girl anyway, but <laughs> what really, really made her mad was that Friday, we uh, we were having a fish fry, right, from the fish we caught, and my mom was so mad because we didn't have coleslaw at that fish fry, and I didn't tell her me and my girlfriend had broke up, and we didn't have coleslaw at the fish fry, so my mom was mad about that. What happened to the girl that... Uh, the sushi date. The sushi date. That was a different girl. Sure. Uh, man, I sound, I sound terrible right now, flying through all these women like crazy, but 
<laughs> no, uh, that was actually our first and last date. So something about that girl. So <laughs> as a thank you, you know, for you know hanging out with me and putting up with me as I kind of ditch you, talking to Chris Jansen for over an hour that night. Just simply as a thank you, I bought Ryman Auditorium tickets for this girl because I gave all my cop tickets away, like I said. So I bought tickets from a scalper, and I paid like quadruple the price, right? And I buy these tickets, I put them in an envelope, put them in her mailbox, and I just wrote thank you on the outside of the envelope, right? Well, after the Ryman show, I'm scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, I can't remember which one, and she had the audacity to bring her new boyfriend to the Ryman Auditorium show. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's yeah. rough. So that was our first and last day. Oh, I see. Well, you never know, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, never you guys know. might be back together sometime. Yeah. Uh, you got a girl now? I do. I have a girlfriend. All right. Now. That's not going to happen. If, if, if your girl's listening. My, yeah, my girlfriend's it's great. never going to happen. My girlfriend's great. You're stuck with him. Right? Yes, sir. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the other songs. I know you yep. got one or two yep. other favorites that you want to yeah. highlight. Uh, Still Picks Up. Yes. You just came out with that one. Yes. Still Picks Up. Uh, it comes from a very real place. I'm a, I'm very proud to say, look, there's a songwriter right there leaving a, yeah. leaving a publishing house. Yep. Just got done writing a song, I'm sure. He's probably been there since 11 o'clock. <laughs> um, but anyways... So, still picks up. Such a sweet song. Well, thank you. Um, everybody, everybody that's listening to this has at least one person that they wish they could still call and talk to just one more time. At least one person. And I was on a hunting trip with my dad in eastern Kentucky, and he had a massive stroke while we were on our hunting trip. And I had... A lot of time to think in that waiting room, you know. Wait, I didn't, I didn't know if I was ever going to even see him again. Uh, and you know, in that moment when you don't really know what's going to happen, I tried to think on, you know, all the good times instead of the bad. You know, me and my dad were best friends, but we've had fights and stuff. And in that moment when you don't really know what's going to happen, you just try to think on all the good times. And that's that's where that song came from. It's so beautiful, and it's, once again, so simple in its uh, roots and its uh, respect for relationships, which, you know, like we've talked about, is a part of society that yes, sometimes sir. feels like it's uh, absent. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. What else inspires you in your writing? There's, you know, what's crazy is there's not just, like, five or six things. You could literally be driving down the road and see a billboard, of a of a word and be like, well, that could be something right there. You know, we could be sitting here having this conversation and you say something and me write it down whenever we get done thinking, hey, that might that might work in this song or you know, that could be a cool title for a song. There, there's not there's not a certain thing that I look for. There's multiple things that kind of stick out. And then how do you like you know, put the detector on it to go, is this really going to stand the test of time as a lyric or a, a vibe? Man, I, Or can you? 
there, there's really no way to know until until you do it. I still write terrible songs to this day. I, but for every for every 50 songs you write, you can count on one of them being all right. And that's no joke. I mean, you don't you don't know if you can write a good song until you write a bunch of bad ones. Uh, I mean, like I said, to this day, I still write some terrible songs. And how do you stand with your conviction in something if other people in your circle kind of maybe, I don't know, don't seem to get it or roll their eyes? How do you stand true to it thinking, darn it, this is mine. I'm going to believe in it. Well, you know, if it, chances are if you feel a certain way about a song, other people will too. And I think, I think that's probably, probably the biggest testament to it is if you feel a certain way, chances are there's somebody else out here that, that feels the same way about it. Who are some of the other uh, writers and performers of today that you really are digging on? Obviously, Chris is a big inspiration. Um, I'm a huge Jamie Johnson uh, Hank Jr. fan. Um, I would say newer, though, for sure, Chris. Chris Jansen. Chris Jansen. Sure. Chris Stapleton, too. Man. Not, not too bad, right? What a what what a set of lungs on him, huh? <laughs> and, uh, I, yeah, and Justin Moore, huge Justin Moore fan. Love Justin Moore. Um, and, you know, it, I, what what's crazy is... Yeah, I love I love you know certain artists, but I don't even think it's it's necessarily about the artist for me anymore. It's about the songs because I am behind the scenes and I'm writing these songs, and I may hear a certain line in a song and think that is just absolutely genius. So, isn't that the it's all about the song? The uh, the singer songwriters association yes, here sir. isn't that the. Uh, the motto, the logo? I think it is. Yes, yeah. sir. Absolutely. Uh, Bert Harbison. Mm-hmm. You know that gentleman? I don't know him personally. I know the name. I guarantee you he knows you. I, 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 man, I feel bad not knowing him then. <laughs> well, he's a, he's a good guy. You'll get to know him. So we talked about TikTok earlier. So how did you sort of get so natural on all your uh, social media, TikTok especially? I, uh, man... I saw everybody kind of, I saw the trajectory of, of people's careers through TikTok. And when I was working for the city, um, I was just posting as many covers and, you know, songs I'd written as, as, as I could, really. And I saw, I, I, I would do TikTok Live quite a bit. And people would be like, man, this guy's great. And, you know, I, I, I just stuck with it because I enjoyed it. You know, I, I wasn't doing it for the for the amount of likes as you know some people may do it, but I was just doing it for me more or less. And I saw it, you know, people people were really really into that, and I just stuck with it. So, what do you tell an artist who's listening to this, wherever they are across the country or across the world, because we have listeners all over the place? So, what do you tell an artist that maybe has been at it a long time? hasn't really broken through, uh, what advice would you give them? I would say keep at it. You know, don't let anybody tell you it's a waste of time. 
because like I said, if, if you feel a certain way, other people will too. It's just a matter of time. And I mean, I was very, very blessed and fortunate, you know, to get the break that I did. Um, but keep going out, keep playing those shows, keep writing those songs, and I promise you it'll happen. It may be tomorrow or it may be 10 years from now, but something great will happen. So how are you going to keep your head on straight with all this uh, newfound success? Well, I think, if, I think if my head got a little crooked, my mama would pop it back in place for me. But I just, I, like I said, I'm no different than nobody that listens to my music. I, there's no amount of songs, no amount of number ones, no amount of money that's ever going to ever gonna change where I come from. And, and I'm, I'm very, very proud of that. So what's the uh, fourth quarter going to look like for, for Shane Prophet? Well, we're going to have new music. Uh, I'm going to keep being on the road playing these shows and getting to meet as many people as I can. Uh, getting to travel around and, and play for people that maybe haven't heard me and quite a few that have. And uh, just having fun with it, meeting as many people as I can and shaking as many hands as I can. What was it like the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio? I cried like a baby. <laughs> I cried like an absolute baby, and I FaceTimed my family. I was in Atlanta, Georgia, when uh, when I when I first heard my song on the radio, and uh, I FaceTimed my family. We got a quick video of the first part of the song, and then which song was it? It was How It Ought to Be. And got a quick video of the first part. You, actually, that video is on my Instagram, too, uh, of the first time I heard it on the radio. and Listen to, I, I think, first verse and chorus. Uh, they were videoing it, and then they cut it off, and I FaceTimed my parents, and we all sat there and cried together. Shane Prophet, I'm blessed to have uh, had you on my podcast. Hey, thank you for having me, man. It's been a lot of fun. Really Take, we took a saunter. And uh, we got behind the scenes, but uh, I only see bigger and brighter things for you. And congratulations. Thank you very much. Taking a Walk with Buzz Knight is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. 
So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.